Welcome to Fresh Perspective, a podcast presented by Recycling Today. Fresh Perspective features young professionals in the scrap and recycling industry, offering insights from the next generation of industry leaders. Guests share their stories of what led them to the scrap industry and new ideas on industry trends. Tune in to hear stories from scrap processors, traders, operators, and more who are starting to lead in this space. Fresh Perspective is beginning an ongoing dialogue with future executives of the industry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I am Marissa McNeese of Recycling Today, here with Emily Molstead, co-founder and CEO of Vallis. Thank you so much, Emily, for being here with me today. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, of course, uh, Fresh Perspective, we talk to young professionals in the recycling industry. So, Emily, I would love... um, you could tell the listeners how you got your start in the recycling industry, what drew you to it in the first place, and how you have you know, gotten to the point of co-founder and CEO at Vallis. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always had a passion for sustainability, really, ever since. I don't really know exactly where it stemmed from. I just have always loved the environment and nature and sustainability since I was young. Um, so you know, I, I grew up in central Connecticut, Newington, Connecticut. Um, and really kind of my love of recycling started there where, you know, at home, I encouraged my parents actually kind of, uh, coach my parents into having like a separate trash can for garbage <laughs> and, and organic waste. And then one for recyclables. And then, um, you know, kind of working with you know, environmental studies teachers in high school and like looking at recycling in our high school. So I decided to attend Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Worcester, Massachusetts to pursue, a degree in environmental engineering because I felt that at the time that was the best fit for me and, and what I wanted to pursue for my career in sustainability. But my first semester, I actually took a course um, taught by Dorana Pellian um, in, it's called Recycle the World. And so it's um, a project-based course for first-year students. And it was an opportunity to get hands-on experience with recycling. And that was really um, sort of my first exposure to the full look of, of the industry. And I fell in love with it. Um, I loved material science kind of from that class. So I actually ended up switching my major to mechanical engineering with a concentration in uh, material science and then my minor in sustainability. And then it just grew from, from there. Tell us a little bit about Vallis. What went into, you know, co-founding, um, the company, um, the work you've done with some of your other co-founders and, and what the company does today. Yeah, absolutely. So Vallis is a spin-out company of Solvis Global, um, another Worcester-based uh, company. And it was really born out of um, Solvis Global CEO, Sean Kelly, his, his PhD work, um, where he was looking at, through his, through his PhD work, in automotive aluminum and some of the enabling technology needed for the recycling of automotive aluminum. And we saw a large opportunity for the development of software solutions to support recycling. Um, and so it was born out of that. We went through the, um, NS, the National Science Foundation i program, Innovation Core program, where we interviewed um, uh, scrap processors and industry leaders across the country, you know, traveled to eight to 10 different states, um, gathering sort of market assessment and and market fit. Um, And that's where we saw an opportunity 
like I said, for these software solutions. So specifically, Valis, um, our flagship product is Valis Sort. We integrate with sorting system um, technology, so XRF or, or LIBS-based sorting systems to collect that material data and integrate it with other material, uh, with other critical data streams. And then through artificial intelligence, deliver real-time quality monitoring and sort optimization. How did, with your engineering background, how did you feel, you know, looking at the industry, you go to school for engineering and thinking, how can I apply this now to the recycling industry and sort of develop some of these solutions that now you're working on today? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my, my background, right, is in material science. It's with my understanding of the recycling industry and the domain. And so my biggest role is transferring and communicating that background to our development team, right? So our team is primarily all software developers because we are delivering a software product. Mm -hmm. And so it's communicating the challenges um, that are, are facing scrap processors in a clear way to our developers. So then we're able to create a seamless product that, that benefits the industry. Um, so, you know, it requires an understanding of um, what the current technology is out there for, for sorting equipment, what are the benefits, um, and then what kind of further enhancements we can deliver by integrating with those systems. From your perspective, you, know, you mentioned these challenges, what are some of the biggest challenges that stood out to you in scrap processing and even just in the greater recycling industry as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the biggest challenges we're seeing is, you know, there's a large degree of, of market volatility, right? When it comes down to what is, especially on the non-fair side, what is the most profitable or highest value product that can be created given the, the technology that's available? Um, and so that's made it difficult for scrap processors to be able to assess sort of the, the economics of purchasing these sorting systems because, you know, you can have instances right now where selling mixed material is, um, it is, makes the most economic sense, but then there's a growing need for further separation, right, alloy separation um, and not exporting mixed material, but actually having separated packages for domestic use. Um, and so scrap processors really need to understand exactly the, the quality of the material that they have on their plant floor, um, what the possibilities are for package creation, um, and then what the ultimate value of that material is and, and how that makes sense for against their processing costs. And that's what Valis aims to deliver is, is um, looking at those processing costs, the, the operation costs compared to market value and material availability to determine the highest, most, most profitable package that they can create. To that point, are there any technologies, um, whether with Valis or things you've seen in your experience in the industry that you think would be beneficial that the industry hasn't quite embraced yet or things in development that you think um, scrap processing or recycling should be embracing more? Yeah, so I'd say two, two points to that. One being on the, the physical systems would be further adoption of sensor-based sorting, um, right? So whether that's um, XRF or heavy non-ferrous or LIBS, um, laser-induced breakdown spectroscopy systems for aluminum sortation. Um, so you know, right, further adoption of those systems is really critical to creating high-value, further separated products. Um, and then the adoption of, of digitalization software tools and artificial intelligent tools 
Um, you know, there's a wealth of data being generated across the industry. Um, there's still a degree of it coming through in, you know, manual or hand ticketing or manual tracking or manual characterization of products. And um, any further automation, consolidation of data, and then feeding that into AI tools will um, enable you know, exponential growth and optimization of metal recycling. Awesome. I do want to pivot and ask you, you know, as a young woman in the industry, and I don't think it's a secret, a fairly male-dominated industry, mm -hmm. and I'd love to get your perspective on some of the challenges that come along with that and mm -hmm. some of the um, successes you feel most proud of having overcome um, with some of those barriers that are in place. Yeah, so it, right to your point of being being young, and this is sort of my first, um, my entire career has been so far in, in the scrap industry. Mm -hmm. um, and so the biggest challenges there was just rapidly learning as much as I can, right? There's complexity on the side of the full ecosystem, right? It's not just as straightforward as you drop material off at a scrapyard and it, you get a usable product at the end. There's so many steps in between and really understanding all of those steps and processes and the challenges within each of those and the different players within the ecosystem, you know, that's something that we had to learn really, really rapidly. Um, and then also just you know, terminology is kind of an interesting thing to learn about, right? Zorba, Twitch, Zebra, really figuring out all of those definitions. So just as a young person coming into it, wanting to figure all of that out as quickly as possible, learn as much as possible. Um, and then as being, as far as being a woman in the industry, you know, um, I was actually on a, uh, ISRI has the Women in Recycling Council, and mm -hmm. I was attending a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and it was said on the meeting, and you know, this is this is me, I agree with this sentiment, I can't speak for all women in the industry, of course, but scrap, from my experiences, the scrap recycling industry is predominantly male, but mm -hmm. not exclusive. It's not exclusionary of women, you know, the people that I've interacted with are very um, excited and, and want more women and more young people engaged in the industry. Um, I have yet to face, you know, kind of any sort of judgment for being a woman in the industry. Mm -hmm. That's not a challenge I have personally faced. Um, so I, I've just found it very, a very welcoming community to, to join and have found a lot of great mentors and, and role models through that. Do you think um, being a part of these committees and obviously having now um, a wealth of experience in the industry, do you see now more young people in particular, like we said, women in, in scrap, you know, it is so male dominated, but are you seeing now some more participation from young people and young women in particular? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's interesting, right? Also with the three, you know, there's the, the young executives council. Mm -hmm. So that's all growing uh, young executives in the industry. And it's, it's almost like this hidden gem industry mm -hmm. where there's so much potential and um, so much opportunity. And I think I'm seeing younger people realize that more and more. Um, and especially you know, on the, the side of software, right? As I mentioned, we, we have a, our team of developers. And I think when, when people are going to school for software engineering and computer science and data science, they may not see recycling as sort of a pathway for mm -hmm. the application of, of um, within their careers. And it really is, you know, it's, it's a, a sustainable 
um, high value, you know, high impact industry to be a part of. And there's opportunities, you know, not just with working on a scrap plant, but all the way through to delivering tools and, and solutions to the industry. And so I think we're going to see a lot more people um, stepping into to leadership roles, younger people stepping into leadership roles as the industry continues to grow. Yeah, and that's a great point. And I, you know, are there tangible ways then that you see that we can get to more of these folks involved in the industry? Like we mentioned these ISRI councils, which are of course amazing, but are there other ways to now um, communicate like, hey, there are other applications and, you know, for the things you're learning, you know, you can't apply it to the recycling industry? Yeah, it really comes down to, I think, outreach at the university level um, and starting to uh, set up pathways for students to kind of dip their toes into the industry. Right? Mm-hmm. So one of the one of my favorite things about WPI was it was all project based learning. Right. So the courses and the projects I was working on were directly related to um, and connected or, or even sponsored by companies. And so that's how you get kind of introductory experience to to different industries and and to different um, challenges. And so I think just continuing that outreach with with universities getting um, and then even right more on the side of I know it's been talked a lot about having it even in trade schools more for um, building that up is that that's a career path there. Um, Yeah, it's just it's just really continued outreach to make it more visible. I'd love to get your t- your take also. This is a little bit of a pivot, but you did jog my memory of, um, I've heard a lot about, you know, I'm also relatively new to the industry myself. And so um, I've heard a lot about this concept of recyclers pivoting to more of consumer education in terms of recycling to boost these recycling rates and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so from your, from a recycler's perspective or someone involved in the industry, what is your take on that and how the industry will be able to start educating the consumer more um, so that we boost these rates and boost the quality of the materials coming in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I had mentioned before, right, is, um, I think for a lot of people, it seems, oh, I, I drop it off and then something uh-huh. happens to it and right. then it re-enters circulation. When in fact, we know right, plastics have an extremely low recycling rate mm-hmm. um, and you know automotive aluminum and our automotive material has a much higher recycling rate, but there's still opportunities for um, Im- improvement, of course. And so um, it's really, I think, comes down to educational materials that break down what really happens to mm-hmm. to the material once you've handed it off, right? It's um, it, a big thing that's been talked about is cleaning your products before you're putting them into the waste stream to reduce contamination levels and things like that. And I know that there's a lot of new companies that are coming out to um, improve kind of the user experience with mm-hmm. recycling. So making it almost right more enjoyable, more enticing um, and, and easier. So that way the, the consumer doesn't have to kind of second guess what they're doing or how they're recycling. I'm just making that the the steps really, really obvious, options for recycling really obvious, um, broadcasting resources to, because the other big challenge is it changes location, location, town to town, state to state. And we just need kind of a nationwide program for improving visibility on the correct process and procedure for recycling. Absolutely. And that is really going to lead me to, you know, the final point I wanted to, you know, talk to you about is, you know, your personally, you know, with your involvement with Ballast goals, you have your company has for the next, let's say, 
several years. And mm-hmm. then where you see the recycling industry, the scrap industry going in that time frame as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Val's overall goal is to integrate as, as much as possible the um, metal recycling industry and then expanding beyond metal recycling. But as I had mentioned before, there's a wealth of data being generated, but there's a lack of connection and any lack of feedback, um, right? So whether it's um, material data at the processing plant to material data at the, the melt facility, there's gaps there where there's um, exponential room and, and, and a lot of room for feedback loops to optimize processing, to optimize melting, you know, even capturing data at, at, at the scrapyard and integrating all of that together. So we can ensure that the recycling process is as sustainable and as profitable as possible, right? Because profitability drives mm-hmm. stability and sustainability. Um, and so Ballas is driving solutions like, across the, the supply chain. So, right, our as I'd mentioned before, our flagship being Ballasort targeted for supporting scrap processors, but we're working to expand beyond that. And we've already um, you know, been receiving funding in order to develop future products. Um, and then for myself, just continuing to grow and learn as much as possible and um, continuing to showcase the possibilities that come through artificial intelligence, because I think that's still a, a growing realization that's kind of happening across the industry. There's there's a lot of really great potential here. Just need to bring together all the, the data and all the brains that are, are behind the, the industry. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you for again for joining me today on Fresh Perspective. Again, this is Emily Molstead, co-founder and CEO of Valis. Emily, thanks again so much for joining me. A really great conversation. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. And you can catch us next time on the next episode of Fresh Perspective.